to lift up in our Black History Moment this morning. Thurgood Marshall was born in Baltimore, Maryland on July 2nd in the year 1908. He was descended from enslaved peoples on both sides of his family. His original name was Thoroughgood, but he shortened it to Thurgood. His father, William Canfield Marshall, worked as a railroad porter, and his mother, Norma Erica Williams, as a teacher. They instilled in him an appreciation for the United States Constitution and the rule of law. Marshall first learned how to debate from his father, who took Marshall and his brother to watch court cases. They would later debate what they had seen. The family also debated current events after dinner. Marshall said, that although his father never told him to become a lawyer, he turned me into one. <laughs> he did it by teaching me to argue, by challenging my logic on every point, by making me prove every statement I made. Marshall attended Frederick Douglass High School in Baltimore and was placed in the class with the best students. He graduated a year early in 1925 with a B average and placed in the top third of the class. He went to Lincoln University, a historical black university in Pennsylvania. It commonly reported that he intended to study medicine and become a dentist. But according to his application, to Lincoln University, Marshall said his goal was to become a lawyer. Among his classmates was poet Langston Hughes and musician Cap Calloway. And he was born, as I stated, July 2nd, 1908, and he passed July, January 24th. 1993. Thurgood Marshall was an American lawyer who served as Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States from October 1967 until October 1991. Marshall was the court's first African American justice. In other words, he was the first black to sit on the United States Supreme Court. Prior to his judicial service, he successfully argued several cases before the Supreme Court, including Brown versus the Board of Education. Marshall graduated from the Howard University School of Law in 1933. He established a private legal practice in Baltimore before founding the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund, where he served as an executive director. In that position, he argued several cases before the Supreme Court. In 1961, President John F. Kennedy 
appointed marshal to the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. Four years later, President Lyndon B. Johnson appointed marshal as the United States Solicitor General in 1967. Johnson successfully nominated Marshall to succeed the retiring Associate Justice Tom C. Clark. Marshall retired during the administration of President George W. Bush and was succeeded by Clarence Thomas. Our Black History Moment, Thurgood Marshall, Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States of America.
remember his blame. When I pastored Zion Hill Missionary Baptist Church. That's been over 30 some years ago. I pastored eight churches in my career in the gospel ministry. Started pastoring at the age of 17. My mother, which was Mrs. Hortis Murray, was very strict on us going to church. I started at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. That's back when Pastor Corbett, pastor there, and uh, preceding him was Dr. Jones, who was a teacher at Baptist College. And preceding Dr. Jones was Dr. Robert Willingham, who was a great pastor. But I, I would attend Sunday school when I was around 10 years old, Amen. down the street from Mount Pleasant Missionary Baptist Church was Holy Temple, Church of God in Christ. And I would ease out of Sunday school class and walk down to Holy Temple. <laughs> and I remember the other day, said, uh, this boy has been called to preach. And uh, I, I was playing the, as I say, upright piano at a very young age. And I wanted to learn how to play the organ. So Elder Day said, put a pillow over there on the bench on the organ stool. And I was, I was kind of short. I, I'm the shortest one in the family. The other, my other two brothers are one that's in Atlanta area. Like six, six, seven. Oh. And Marcus is like six, two. Oh. But anyway, they would pick on me a little bit because I was shorter. But I learned how to play that organ at Holy Temple. Yeah. And God opened up doors for me. Well, right. I went on to play for the convocation of G. Patterson, Church of God in Christ in Memphis. Yeah, well. And, uh, that was a historical church uh, in Memphis. God opened up doors for me, and uh, I got acquainted with uh, Jerry Black. At that time, Pastor Black was a history teacher. I was, I was young, and uh, I was probably about a hundred pounds uh, lighter. <laughs> I played football as a football star. And whenever I would make a touchdown, the guys would pull on my ponytail. I had a ponytail, I wore a ponytail. I had a lot of hands. I'll never forget that uh, Pastor Black uh, would come pick me up because I had a, back then I had an old hoopty. I was about 15 years old and break down on me sometimes before I even get to church. But I dated. A young lady that was a Mexican, she almost looked identical as Alicia Key. And uh, i never forget her name was Carla. 
and I was playing at this uh, program at a church. Carla didn't want me to play and she didn't want me to preach. So when uh, Dr. Jerry Black licensed me, he looked over there at Carla, she was sitting there, the uh, pastor said, he said, I see a strong ministry, he looked at me, and then he said, I see a strong devil. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I was infatuated with her beauty. Uh, she could sit on her hair, she had beautiful hair. And I remember I was playing at uh, Ebenezer Church of God in Christ in East End, the church, I think it's pulled down now. Bishop Walker was there. And I was playing piano, there's about 400 people in there for convocation. And Carla came in and walked up to the front of the church while I was playing. She said, you better get off that piano field. And she stood and the people were just looking to see what was wrong with her because she, you know, was having serving. She said, I told you, if you don't get off that piano, I'm going to pull that lid down and break your finger. Yeah. And I said, Jesus, I kept on playing. Then she got toward the piano, I started easing back. <laughs> yeah, I started easing back. So anyway, you know, the mothers would say, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she started screaming, because there was that, that demon in her. Yeah, right. And she ran out of the church. And I had a drop-top Mustang, because I was at the cars. I loved cars. I, my uncle had a shopping yeah. because I paid cars. So I had to get my Bible, get ready to get in the car, and she came behind me and scared me. It was around about 11 o'clock at night. So uh, she said, take me to Pine Bluff to my, my sister house. I said, Carla, why did you act like that, you know, at the church? And one of the mothers that gave me a Bible with a prayer cloth in it. We going down the freeway, she said, Phil, what is this? I said, it's the Bible, Carla. One of the ladies gave me the Bible and the prayer cloth. She threw it out the window. And then the devil got in me. I said, get out of the car, you fit the wall. <laughs> I said, you get on out of the car, you fit the wall. The devil had jumped in me. So she was real pretty. And there was some there was some guys in the truck coming down the freeway. And they seen us sitting out there. And I was, well, they knew we was lying because the way I was throwing up my hand, told them, go and go. Well, they about five of them. And uh, they stopped the truck. And they started saying something to Carla said, See, Senora, you beautiful, Senora. We take you with us, Senora. You so beautiful. And then I said, Leave her alone. And they said, See, Senora, we whip your butt. So all four was gonna whip me. So uh, what I was drinking a forty ounce. So they was coming towards me, and then he threw the forty ounce on the, on the freeway on 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 the ground. Colin reached over there, picked up the forty ounce, and broke it. She said, You better not touch it. I said, baby, get on back in the car. Well, make you do some strange things. <laughs> I don't know if anybody ever been there before, but love make you do some strange things. Preach on, preach on. I said all of this because I wanted to have a little sense of humor before I got into my message. It got a little cold, but pray for me. It got a little cold, but the Lord gave me a word today from the Gospel of St. John, the third chapter in the book of St. John, and the 16th verse 
And that verse, a lot of y'all are familiar with it. That 16 verse in the third chapter of St. John. And if you have to say, man, the Bible, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I want to talk today for a few minutes. We need more love. We need more love. My sisters and brothers in Christ, I have noticed that there's more hate than it is love. Yes, uh, there's more hate than it is love. I recall a few months ago when I was in North Little Rock at Hemlock Court, and one of the grandparents had called me, and her granddaughter was involved with a 17-year-old black male, and he had beaten her among recognition. She was talking about how she loved Lil' Pistol. Well, Lil' Pistol is incarcerated now. He was a woman beater. And I tell young black females that because a male beats you, don't mean he loves you. Amen. Amen. That's not love. How, how are you going to hurt something that you love? And she was going down to the jail and putting money on her pistol book and saying that she loved him. That's not love. That's abuse. That's abuse. Anytime a man hit a woman, he's a coward. You can't make nobody do what you want them to do. She's grown. If mother didn't raise her, how are you going to raise her? Amen. I talked to young black males. I worked at University Hospital as a medical tech. I worked in the trauma department when they had a special on HBO, a banging in Little Rock. And I took took a lot of black males to the morgue. Shot multiple times, they would bring them to the University of Medical Science and drop them off in the parking lot, just throw them out of the car. Been shot multiple times. One guy had been shot so bad he didn't have the top of his head. He had been shot with a 357 three times. He was dead when we put him up on the the gurney, the stretches. Now I remember we was rushing him to the trumpet department and I was sliding in his blood. It was coming out of him that fed. And the doctor, the neurosurgeon said, Phil, there's nothing we can do. Put a toe tag on him and take it to the morgue. And I remember it was an incident on Pine, and this guy was named uh, Lil Dopey, and the car was speeding down Pine, and uh, they had a bad drug deal. And this guy was 16 years old, and they were shooting at the car. That night I was on to work with Lil Dopey. He was like right about 16 years old, and I was moving his head on the pad. It was this yellow stuff coming out of his ear. So I asked the, the, the surgeon, I said, sir, what is this coming out of his ear? And I would move his head to, so his head would be on a pad where the fluid is coming out of his ear would go to the pad. And uh, the doctor said, you ever felt lettuce? I said, yes, sir. He said, what it is is when you move his head and his head will go in like clay. And I said, doctor, why is his head going in like clay? 
He said, well, it's kind of like lettuce. He's describing it to me. He said, that's his brains floating around. Because he had been hit behind his right ear, and the doctor said he was hit with a hollow point bullet, and it cut his brain in half. And can you believe the game bangers came up there to the University of Medical Science, got back there in ICU well, where Dopa was at, and pulled his plug. Mm -hmm. Killed him. Mm -hmm. And from that time on, that was back in like 1987, they put a steel door up there, they had an intercom, you couldn't get in there without uh, identification. Right, right, right. They were so so bad back then, the gang bangs were coming to the uh, emergency room, weight room, <clears throat> and that's inquired to the nurse, is he dead? And they had an incident where they both got their way back into the emergency room, about 20 of them. And I remember that was back in 1987, and they had about 100 policemen up in there. They was fighting, you know. And I talked to one of the young men, and he was a blood. And the Lord told me to talk to him. I said, have you ever heard of the blood of Jesus? And I told him, I said, young man, I said, I said, I got the blood too, but I got the blood of Jesus. I said, the blood that you got can't save you. He said, well, I got my boys on the left side, I got my boys on the right side. I said, but you fight the devil. He said, yeah, but we can handle it. I said, how are you going to fight something you can't see? You can't see the devil. I hear people talk about, I'm going to fight the devil, I'm going to fight God. How are you going to fight something you can't see? You can't fight something you can't see. So I told him, I said, you know, you need the blood of Jesus. He said, really? I said, because you're not promised the next second to leave. You said you just have to watch your back because you don't know when a bullet might hit you. So I ended up praying for his gang member. There was about four of them. And I was down there off of Roosevelt. My mother used to play for Dr. Seated at Edwards Church, St. John. And back then they called that project back in the back, uh, White City. It was called White City because it was a cocaine area where they dealt with cocaine. And I'll never forget when I went down there with uh, the young man that was a blood, they had people that were standing out in front of the, the, the entrance of the apartment, apartment uh, parking lot that had guns. And if you wasn't, you know, like a drug dealer, a game banger, you couldn't get in there. i never forget when I went in there to talk to some of the, the gang members, the drug dealers, I walked into the front room and there was a, a white, looked like a mountain. And I said, what is that? And that was all cocaine. And it was young girls back in the back, and uh, I said, Jesus. And I'll never forget when I came out of the house and I had ministered to them, I got in my car, and uh, there was about around about 20 police cars that was going out. They knew I was a pastor. They waited until I got out of there, and then I heard that boom, boom, where the narcotics came in there, throwing, you know, that uh, uh, grenade into the house. And I drove back by, and I saw about 10 guys on the porch in handcuffs. So I, I, I stand to say this, that love can change anybody. Amen. Amen. We find in the Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verse 2, it says, walk in love as Christ also have loved us and offered a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Walk in love. Another verse that's in reference to love is John, the 17th chapter, verse 27. 
For the Father himself loved you, because you have loved me, and love believe that I came out from God. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also has loved the church and gave himself for it. Romans 8, chapter, verse 37. Men all things were more than comfortable through him that love God. The Bible said, for God so loved the world. Bow with me, have cold. That he gave his only begotten son. We have to love each other. Love is a beautiful thing. When we can love each other and not hate each other. The Bible said the world would be a better place if we had love. My mother taught me some years ago to love those that despitefully use you. I heard pastors saying that we need to vote as a Democrat Mm -hmm. in this society. Mm -hmm. We're living in a society that Donald Trump want to take us back to slavery. The Bible said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked way, then will I heal from heaven. I believe today that Donald Trump is not of God, that Donald Trump is of the devil. We need to vote Democrat. We need to get people who are for God in our legislation, in our Congress. People who represent God. I heard Jesus tell Peter, put the rock, I build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Yeah. As I hurry on to a close, I don't mean to be long today, yeah. but uh, the love of God is in my heart. Yeah. I, I, I have learned to love those that uh, despisefully use me. Do you hear me? Oh, Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Oh, Lord, I don't know about you today, but the Lord has been good to all of us. Yes, he has. The Lord has brought all of us from a mighty long way. Yes, down to the hill. The Lord has made.